Welcome to Lift Up Your Hearts podcast. This is a podcast where I try to teach people how to pray the way that St. Ignatius taught me to pray through the Jesuits. So this is a simple podcast where I really do try to teach it by showing it. I try to teach it by showing that it's easy, it's simple, it can happen every single day, it doesn't have to be boring, and frankly it can be quite awesome and exciting. And today is definitely one of those days. Merry Christmas, we're in the Christmas season still here, of course I'm recording a couple days before the Sunday, but we typically read the Sunday Gospel and we contemplate what the Lord has to say to me. And today, we're reading from the Gospel according to Luke today. And if you're going to start doing any type of contemplation and reading the Bible and really trying to dive into it deep, I mean meditatively, not studying, but meditatively, then you got to start with the Gospel of Luke. If you're going to start contemplating the Bible meditatively or contemplatively, I, in my humble opinion, I think you got to start with the Gospel of Luke because this is the passage even today that really made it jump out to me and it really made this type of contemplative prayer real and alive. And I think Luke does it better than anyone. Luke does it the best. He's the best storyteller. And he's the one that gives us all the canticles. Today we're going to hear the canticle of Simeon. And this passage is really where, I don't know, for some reason it feels like this is this passage is really where it started for me. Um, I don't know, maybe it wasn't, but somehow it feels like it was. There's just a lot to enter into, and there's a lot that happens, and for me, it just came alive, I think, because of the gospel writer and his style of writing and storytelling and and the characters that get, you know, implemented or highlighted, if you want to say. I mean, we don't hear about Simeon in any of the gospels, and, you know, we don't hear the canticle of Zechariah or or Mary in any of the Gospels either. So we're going to dive into it. This Ignatian style of prayer, if you really want to learn more about it, listen to my podcast or watch it on How Do I Pray. It's a little bit longer. It goes into all the details. So I'm just going to jump into it. The first step we do in any Ignatian prayer is... We acknowledge that the Lord loves us, and he wants to gaze upon us, so we, we contemplate how the Lord looks on us with love. We really try to see the Lord gazing upon us as his beloved sons and daughters, really orients our lives, and it certainly orients our prayer. The next step is to, you know, some Ignatian 
um, styles, you ask for a grace, ask for a gift, or ask for something of the Lord for this time of prayer. And I usually just ask for enlightenment or to feel his love or to understand better. Um, So today I'll ask for the ability to teach and articulate these beautiful truths that have really changed my life. So we're going to dive into this one today. This is the gospel according to Luke. And this is this is one thing that can annoy me a little bit by the church selects readings and sometimes they're a little bit long. You know, today's is a teeny bit long, you know, maybe a full page in this wonderful word among us. But the passages they select, if you do the shorter version, really miss this whole amazing story and you just get to see Jesus presented in the temple and okay that you know that's it but this one really tells what happened there and and for me it's an opportunity to enter into this this prayer so the gospel of Luke chapter 2 verses 22 through 40 the first time we read through it we just try to put ourselves in the story a little bit and just get the background, see what's happening, see who the characters are. And then I'm, I probably won't read it again, but you can certainly read it again. I'll probably just dive right into what I'm seeing, but you'd certainly want to read it again and then start to place yourself into the story. I'm going to highlight lots of stuff today because This passage is just, you know, amazing. And I think there's so much more than meets the eye that we really can dive into. So, Luke chapter 2, 22 to 40. When the days were complete for their purification according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He had been revealed. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in he came in the spirit he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, 
his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seventy years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer, and coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom and favor of the Lord, and the favor of the Lord was upon him. Okay, so the church actually asks us to only read the the beginning, you know, the purification, and then the end. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, blah, 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 blah. And Jesus grew in wisdom. And then they miss or skip all this in-between stuff. When we see what had to have been, I mean, just craziness. I, I You know, just place yourself there. You're in the temple, and I like to be maybe even a passerby in the temple for this one and to just see what's happening. And I'll I'll tell you why this one is so powerful for me in a little bit here. But you're in the temple. There's hundreds, maybe even thousands of people there, hundreds minimum. There's lots of people there for these rituals, tons, tons of people, families, babies, tons of people, tons. And then there's this man who was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I'll tell you what I I think through my own prayer, what this means, filled with the Holy Spirit. I think he can see things that others can't see because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to relate this also. Well, I'll wait for it. Okay. So this man, filled with the Holy Spirit, he thinks has been promised to him that he would not die until he sees the Savior of his people. And... There's tons of families there. There's probably dozens or more babies there. Lots of people. No one else, no one else sees the Savior. No one. Just Simeon and Anna. No one else. And when that first kind of fell over me, just thinking, you know, everyone else just saw a baby, actually a, a, a poor family, 
they offered the two young pigeons. They couldn't even offer the turtle doves. They offered two young pigeons, a poor family. No one else saw the Savior of Israel but Simeon and Anna because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you get this amazing scene of of Simeon grabbing the baby. Uh, there's, there's no... There's no indication that they know who he is. They don't know. He's not like a cousin or something. This is an old man, presumably almost living in the temple. And he grabs the baby. It says, He took him into his arms and blessed God. And then just imagine Joseph and Mary and and the other people, the other people in the temple observing this. What's happening? This old man grabs this baby and he blesses God saying, Now, Master, you, let, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation in a baby. which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. This wasn't, I I don't, to my knowledge, this wasn't heard of before, this light for revelation to the Gentiles. This Savior was maybe just for Israel. And the glory of your people Israel. And then the, the child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Man, this is enough for months of contemplation. And this is this is what this is again why I suggest reading the Gospel of Luke because of stuff like this 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 story and these people Simeon this character filled with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him that he should not die before he has seen the Christ of the Lord. And then, of all the years, of all the families that have walked through the temple, he saw something no one else saw. What was it? And how did he see it? And then I ask myself, Lord, what do I miss? And why don't I see it? What do I miss and why don't I see it? Or maybe even what do I see that others don't see? 
And how can I help them see it? And this is where I think it comes into our church today. And it's not as a, it's not, it's pretty well known that a large majority of Catholics even don't believe that the Eucharist is the true body and blood of Jesus. And I think this passage is one of the reasons why. There's been a lot of reasons. There's been a lot of poor teaching, watered-down teaching, ambiguous teaching. But I think part of it is we don't have the Holy Spirit within us, and we can't see as we ought We need to have some weird type of proof that that host, that piece of bread, turns into Jesus' body and blood and soul and divinity. And when we start to see with the eyes of the Holy Spirit, we start to see that it's really him because we believe we start to see things that others don't see. Just like Simeon saw what others don't see. Thousands of people walk through that temple. Not just that day, but years and years and years of people walk through that temple. And then this poor family walks in with a baby No one else sees it. No one else sees the Savior of Israel, a light to the Gentiles. No one. But Simeon and Anna, who lived in the temple, I mean, not lived, lived, but their lives were taken up by the Holy Spirit. And they could see things that no one else could see. I'm going to say it so many times. So many people didn't see. They saw a baby. But they didn't see what we know now today as Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. They saw a baby. Meh. What are those things in my own life that, meh, I just walk by, I don't see. And they're profound. And they should stop me in my tracks they should stop me so much that it feels like someone's taking my child and blessing God that's what Simeon and Anna did for everyone everyone got to see it too it's also a message for me to to show it because everyone else got to see this savior too now it didn't doesn't say that people started following him or believing in him or anything, but man, I you know, I encourage you, especially the next week, two weeks, three weeks, I don't know, just kind of journey with Mary and Joseph a little bit. I mean, they've had quite the ordeal. The birth the visit of the Magi, the 
presentation in the temple, the running off into Egypt, coming back. That wasn't an easy life. It wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy at all. And it's kind of just like a a blip in the radar of of the life of Jesus and it's a lot. You know, Jesus public ministry doesn't start till he's grown man 30 years old and i think it's kind of beautiful to to journey with him a little bit and go with him to egypt even and with mary and joseph and what that life looked like and you can take your imagination and just be there with them maybe you're a friend of joseph you know, uh, maybe you were there that day. You know, I I wouldn't presume that they'd go alone to this to the temple for the presentation. I would I would presume there's family and man, what did they think when this happened? Maybe you were one of the family members. What did that feel like? And maybe I don't know. Maybe you had heard about this. This baby's different. I don't know. It's, something's going on here and then all of a sudden this stranger picks Jesus up and praises the Lord. What is up with this, you know? Maybe you're one of their friends and you just see that and think, man, what's going on? What's What should we do about this? You can journey with the family and be their friend. Take that to prayer. Take it to prayer for a week or two or three or four and just keep going with it. It's it's kind of awesome. That's why this passage is really the start of it all. This passage is the start of, maybe this passage is the start of your prayer life that it takes off because it allows you to really imaginatively enter into the scripture. Maybe the gospel of Luke is what allows you to really imaginatively enter into the scripture and you can journey with the Holy family. You can journey with Jesus, Mary and Joseph into their lives because you've imagined yourself here in this passage and it takes you on a journey. And I just, want to encourage that and I'm praying for you please pray for me and I really encourage you if you haven't started to start start this contemplative prayer journey and you just you never know where it's it might take you this passage is what really started it all for me and I'm ever grateful I'll see you next time God bless